0: Hello and welcome to episode number 34 of The Progress Pod and today we are joined by special guest Callum McGowan. So Callum is our personal trainer and online coach and we're going to be deep diving into a lot today. From competing at a very high level in Thai from a young age to taking on numerous different fitness challenges and completing his first Ironman triathlon last year, there's loads of stuff we're going to be chatting about. Diving into Callum's experiences, his challenges, lessons learned and what makes him Take on these
1: challenges So Callum Welcome to the progress pod mate. Thank you mate Cheers for coming on uh, I've uh, It's weird being on The other end Because obviously me and Louis Have started our own podcast And uh, Normally You know what it's like Like you, When you, you sit there Or like You talk to somebody every week And you're just like It's just like a conversation And then you go into a new setting And it's like Oh Wait a minute, this is different. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I'm looking
0: forward to it, mate. So, how's uh, how's things? And before we kind of dive into the the chat, what how I normally start all podcasts. with guess is a wee intro to you, mate. How who is Callum going
1: Yeah, so um like you said, uh, I'm a coach now, which um I was thinking about yesterday. Uh, so that mental the journey over the last couple of years, Um but ultimately, I am just someone who loves fitness, it's always been part of my life I love helping others and my purpose is really just to help inspire and develop other people and allow them to see the potential of what they can do, whether that's me helping them get to that point or being that kind of almost inspirational leader at the front to allow them to go and do whatever they think they can't do
0: Yeah, brilliant mate and in terms of your journey into the the fitness industry and like, fitness in general Let's go back back to the start, mate How did it all start? What's been your journey from young age through To where you're at now, mate In terms of the fitness industry and, and fitness?
1: Yeah, so, like you said I started uh, my time when I was six And it was just purely something to enjoy Like, my mum and dad never pushed me to do anything Like, I was never forced into Go and do this, go and play football Go and do whatever It was more of, like I just want you to get you into something to enjoy it and to have a bit of routine instruction, probably for them so that they get fucking rid of me for an hour a week or something, <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, so, started that when I was six. I'd done other things before it, like karate and stuff, and didn't really enjoy it. And my dad had done Aikido, which is a mix of, like, judo, akagai, jiu-jitsu, which is, like, the original form of jiu-jitsu that the Japanese teach. So, it's a, a Japanese martial art. Um, there's like sword fighting and stuff like that so he'd done that for years and he just kind of was like I want to have you doing some form of martial art because I know the value that's in it so yeah started it in Muay Thai found this wee club round the corner from us and from there it just was like something that was so consistent in my life you yeah. know and was that the was that the
0: only sport that you did at that time was that you kind of full focus on that
1: yeah, it was like that was the only thing. As I got older, I kind of bridged off into like playing football and playing rugby and stuff like that, and I would dip in and out, and and I was semi good at them just because I'm purely competitive and, and I, I really like to be good at whatever I'm doing, so I'll, I'll I'll learn quite quickly. I'm quite attentive in that way, where I'm like, right, okay, well, why do that or why do this? Um, but yeah, the other stuff just kind of fizzled away, and it was like this was always. Even if I would disappear for a wee while from it I would always come back yep. You know what I mean? I would always be drawn back into, into training And doing Muay Thai And just that kind of, that world Yeah, and then
0: Going on from that We'll come back into the sort of Muay Thai topic in, in a wee bit But just in terms of Then once you left school Was it I wanted to go into the fitness industry straight away Or how did you how did you end up coming into being a coach?
1: It's mental I left school And like everybody I was always a bit of a weird kid Right I like I like shit that probably most people don't Like We were talking about this yesterday morning In the gym we one of our group sessions And I was like It just you no, know, no." you get the wee and The wee penny drop moments Where you're like Oh fuck I know why I do this So We were talking about how I love documentaries right I'll yeah. sit and watch a documentary About like coins Or like <laughs> Literally like how socks are made or shit right and I remember getting this documentary, this VHS, of, like, the fire service and how they operate at airports. And I used to watch it and I would rewind it, put it back in and watch it. <laughs> just loved it, right? <laughs> And So I've always been quite a weird kid. I always like learning shit regardless. Like, I've got facts about stuff that nobody really fucking cares about, you know what I mean? And, like, my missus always like, how do you know so much about that stuff? And I'm like... I don't know. Like I write I like reading books. So leaving school I went in to do a degree in history and politics. Right. So I went and studied Scottish history, uh Russian history and politics politics, so political science. Um and that lasted like eighteen months. Right. So I was like, I get into my second year, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> Why am I studying history <laughs> and politics? Yeah. This is shit. So uh, um yeah, that eventually fizzled out, and I always—I was still training at the time, still fighting. And it was at that point where I was like, I really want to take this serious, like this fighting side of things, I really want to take it serious. So I was just working jobs to facilitate training. Yeah. We were dirt poor, like literally fucking poverty stricken, but it was it was class, it was some of the best times of my life, just... Working shite jobs like in pubs and restaurants and bars, and then going and training. That was all I did. And then from there, did you eventually decide
0: that, yeah, this is I'm passionate about fitness and i this is what I want to do?
1: So I started working in banking. So I made a kind of like one of my mates was working in banking at the time, and he's like, Look, it's a decent setup, decent wage. And you know this from working in finance yourself, it's literally the most fucking boring. But also, like, weirdly, like, aggressive industry. Yeah, yeah. People are pure arseholes in it. Yeah. And you're like, what is going on in here? And you look at these corporate structures, I don't know how big the corporate structure you worked in was, but, like, bank that I worked for at a time, I'm like, how is this running day to day? Because this is a shambles. So I started working in banking, and it was okay, it was just, like, set routine and stuff like that and then I was going to move into business banking which is a lot different, there's a lot more that's involved and it's career progression and it was quite interesting and I quite enjoyed the, the kind of the challenge with it and at the same time we were going through this training course for it because a lot of people go into business banking and can't handle the gig because it's quite demanding so we went through this training course and at that point I had had what I didn't know at the time was my last fight So I was fighting UK. I was UK number one at this point I was going up and waiting and fighting The UK number one that was above me And On the day Of the fight I got norovirus Right And Norovirus is basically like Projectile sickness vomiting it. I, Aye. It's like a sickness bug On steroids Yeah So I was spewing all day And I never got nervous for fights Like I was, it was weird, and I'm like, something's not right here, and that, that, uh, that fight was, it was, it kind of taught me a lot, and I, I made, I got a lot of realisation from it, and then I came back after, um, like, I was off work for like two weeks, I was really fucking ill, like, and I'm, I'm never ill, and I was like, properly, my mum was like, I ain't going to take you to hospital here, this is bad, I think I had made weight from a fight, Obviously, jumped back up and wait, yeah. had norovirus, and then was back down lower than what I was fighting at. It was fucking, <laughs> it was nuts. Yeah. So, um, I went back after being ill, and it was just before Christmas. And the guy that was running the business bank at the time, uh, put it this way, we had some choice words. Like, he wasn't very understanding of, of what had happened. And it was at that point where I was like, yeah, that's corporate structure, shit's not for me Yeah And um, my manager at the time was like, right, well, what are you going to do? Because this place is not for you And I have a huge amount of respect and admiration for that guy Because he really gave me the platform to go and think, right, well, what is next? You know what I mean? So that then led me to doing, during lockdown, this was just before lockdown And then lockdown started, like, March time um, He was like "Like, oh, I did my level 2, level 3 during lockdown yep. And then One day I just quit my job Just a, a random Friday It's weird that synonymous My last fight was 2019 30th of November 2019 A year later I left my job on the same day And just was like Let me go make this fucking thing work
0: Yep. I think there's a. I think there's a lot to be said for just going all in and and taking it because I did similar, mate. When I was leaving my job, I was like, I can either try and like do this half measure and be like still try to do my full time job, or I was like, I actually want to make a go of this, and it's just yeah. like, like, it's a risk. But I don't the think you're ever gonna you're never gonna see the potential that you can actually make unless yeah. you go and take that risk. And um, so it sounds like that was something that, that you did and. Um, Coming from corporate background as well, like the difference now in terms of your fulfilment, your enjoyment, I can imagine is just night oh, and day. Night and
1: day. You know, you, you, you look at it now and you're like, I'm unemployable. Yeah. You'll feel this. Yeah. Like, I'm unemployable, you can't put me back in that setting. Yeah, the thought, me personally as well, the thought once you've
0: kind of run your own business, like everything that comes with that obviously is stressful. Oh, there's it's a lot, fucking there's hard. A, <laughs> there's a lot of stressful. There's not really a kind of switch off time, like, yeah. whereas potentially back in... Corporate world would be like, right, okay, that's Friday night, I'll put my laptop off, I'll pick that up on Monday morning. You don't really get to do that, but at the same time, the thought of going back into the kind of corporate structure with, as you say, people being above you, not understanding, and it's, yeah, I'm the exact same. I, I think I would very much struggle to to get put back into that position.
1: Yeah. As it's interesting, like, I've always been somebody that's just, like, when I was younger, I was a bit of a fucking danger child. Like, I did stupid shit. Like, I've got scars all over me. Just from... People are like, oh, is that from fighting? And I'm like, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was me when I was eight, fucking doing a front flip off my bike and headbutting a lamppost. You know what I mean? Like, stupid shit. So I've always been quite quite adventurous. Yep. Like, so... And I've never... Probably risk assessment isn't my best trait. Yeah. Tray, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm just like... And my mum's always said to me, I just know you'll be fine. Right? Like, I just... Know, it doesn't matter what... Like... When I was, I've been sober for, like, nearly four years now. Brilliant. And uh, when I was out, like, if I'd go out nights out when I was younger, and I'd wake up the next morning and I'd come out my room, my mum would be like, I didn't know you were in. Like, she just never knew that she had to, she just knew that she's like, I don't need to check up on you because I know you'll be all right. But, um, yeah, I was just like, fuck it, man. Like, yeah. like what, what's, what have I got to lose here? I don't like the job that I'm doing anyway, so. Yeah, I think it's, that's,
0: a, that's a thing that's like, a lot of us, I said this in a podcast that was on recently as well. It's like a lot of us go into a job that we don't like and just feel like you just have to stay there. And That's just what life is. It's a Monday to Friday. We just slog away and do a job that we don't like. We enjoy the weekend and then we go back to the cycle again. And, and it
1: doesn't have to, to still be like a life, man. Yeah, it
0: doesn't need to be like that. And yeah. it's just getting out of that kind of cycle is one of the best things I've I've ever done. And I think like. There's so much opportunity now for people to do that. It is just about taking that risk, and it's going to be yeah. hard. And nobody's saying, oh, just give up your job tomorrow and and just
1: do yeah, that. It's for going sure." To be hard, like, but, but it's definitely worth waiting. For instance, like when I when I quit, like I was still staying at home. Like I had a car that I was paying for every month. Yeah. Other than that, like I had no fucking responsibilities. Yeah. But I still had to make money to survive and live. You know what I mean? Because I've never been someone to. ...to take off my mum and dad or anything like that... ...like it's even... ...now... ...especially I'm like... ...I look at it and I'm like... ...who they were when we were younger... ...has really defined... ...like the work ethic and the ability... ...to just go and fucking chase something and be like... ...cool, make it happen... Yeah. ...like my dad when he left school... ...had no qualifications... ...went, became a plasterer... ...working for the council... He now got like two degrees to his name, like went to night school, a really, really good job, and it's like you just fucking made it happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like and so many people sit on that fence of like it's okay for you. And I'm like, aye, but is it? Yeah. You know what I mean? It was the middle of a fucking pandemic. It's probably the worst time to start.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is it's about just doing that and, and hard work. It's gonna it's gonna pay off and yeah mate, quite interesting in terms of your journey into the fitness industry, you don't strike me as somebody that um, I can imagine sitting in a in a banking office too much oh, it was So was mental yeah, <laughs> Definitely, so now we've got to where we are today mate, training, loving life, loving work, so let's just kind of rewind back into your white Thai days So yeah. you started up when you were six, always a constant, when did you start to realise that right, I'm I'm good
1: at this? I always kind of, like, knew that I was, like, relatively good at it from a young age. Like, it was something that I picked up quite quickly. I was never... There was always people around me that were far more talented. But I knew that I would outwork them. You know what I mean? I'm, like, I, I, I don't care, like, how far you're willing to push this. I will outwork you. Um. So I won some stuff when I was younger. Like, but when you're when you're at that age, it's very much... It is just there is there is a degree of skill to it, but it's a bit chaos, you know what yeah. I mean? So maybe when I was like sixteen, seventeen and I started fighting you kind know, of started moving into towards fighting. So you get three classes of of professional kinda of, or like Muay Thai basically, you get your C class, which has a, a kind of shorter round setting and you're not allowed to do some certain things, like you're not allowed to knee to the head, you're not allowed to kick to the head. Uh, sorry, you're not allowed to knee your elbow to the head. B class is like three, two minute rounds. So it's a wee bit longer. You can elbow, but only if you're wearing elbow pads. Um, and can you knee to the head? Can't remember now. And then A class is full five, three minute rounds. We have a two minute break, which is great. Yeah. Two minute break, you're like, fucking, this is tremendous. Um, But it's full, full, full going. Just no, all you've no got is a gum shield right? and a, like a, a cup, we call it. Like yeah. A groin guard And a set of gloves Punches, kicks, elbows, knees to the head It's all fucking singing, all dancing And is that w- what you competed at? Yeah, so I so fought A class But when I was like 15, 16, 17 Started fighting more professionally And stuff like that And when I was maybe 19 I I had my first A class fight And in that year I fought four or five times And I had fight like four or five knockouts Back to back and I was like, oh, and like I was saying to Louis last week, in my head, I just did this thing where it was like, I'm going to be UK number one one day, like yes. that's as far as I have seen it. You know what I mean? It's like you'll see it in the sense of, like, for instance, you've done some really good marathon times, so you only see what your next one is. Yep. See if you want to run like a three thirty, yep. right? And it, you you don't you don't think about the three. Yeah, you're like right. Three thirty, so I was like, "UK number one, that that's where I want to be," and yeah, it just it just took fucking force from there.
0: Yeah, brilliant, mate. And you obviously got that UK one, UK yeah. number one at your your division. Yeah, and I've seen. I don't know if that is from that that, that fight, is. but try to make the weight for that. The picture that you showed me is absolutely madness in terms of like skin and bone, mate. It looks in terms of what. What you had to do What was some of the things You had to do To, to get to that weight Stupidity At the highest order yeah.
1: What age were you At that point mate I'd be 22 20, Yeah 21 22 yeah. Something
0: like that And um, what So what was the protocol Obviously training normally Then how many days Before the fight Were you like Right okay I need you, I need Or how many weeks Or whatever Do you be saying Right I need to cut weight To try and get into this
1: it, it was Holy madness So Right now Sitting at this point I am yeah. 17 kilos heavier Than what I would be Fighting at which is fucking nuts, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking about it yesterday. I'm like, that's insane. But basically, I used to walk about at around about 66 kilo. Okay. I would fight at 55.4. So you would have had to drop 11 kilos for every fight, pretty much? Yeah, roughly around about 65, 66 kilos. So I'd drop at between 10 to 11 kilo in the space of eight to 10 weeks, right? Just depending on how quickly you get the notice yeah. of like you're fighting. And I, we had no fucking clue how to cut weight. Yeah. would not, just don't eat shit. Yeah. That was, that was the, like, that was the only piece of advice we <laughs> were given. Because you're only following suit of the people that are there before you. Yeah. And they don't have a fucking clue. None of them are nutritionists. Yeah. Like guys are like joiners. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like plumbers. Or they work in like the, the fucking prison service or they sell drugs. Like it's a weird bag of like it's a weird amalgamation of just so many people, so many different backgrounds. Like one man like one of the guys we used to train me is a rocket scientist. Like <laughs> literally sit builds rockets and sends them into space. <laughs> and then you've got like somebody that like punts gear next yeah. to him, And it's like what? But you don't like you leave your job at the door, nobody gives a fuck. There's coppers in the room, there's people that are like on the run. Yeah. And they're just like pretending that they don't exist. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So we used to, we, we had no idea. So when we were cutting weight, it was like basically you were just over restricting your food. Yeah. Like at some points, I think it was maybe eating 900 calories a day nice. and training twice a day. That's madness. It? But it was like, it was like the mental, like there was nothing that was going to stop me from getting. To making weight Yeah yeah yeah. So maybe like the week of the fight We would We would water load So you would Start to Increase your water intake Because what it would start to do Is flush A lot of water So your body's starting to get Used to Like getting rid of that water Yeah Which To a degree right now Is actually quite fucking stupid And then we would just Dehydrate ourselves So 24 hours before weigh in You would go nil by mouth So no water No food Yep And then it would be Salt baths Wrapped in hot towels Or you would then go Into the sauna With sauna suit on you just basically Get locked in the sauna
0: And how much weight Did you drop in those Last couple of days For when you were just like No Not eating No water Saunas Like I take it There was a big jump At that point
1: Kind of Probably around Three kilo or so max Mad The more muscle mass You've got Yeah And the more weight That you carry The more water weight You can cut Yeah Because muscle mass Holds a lot of water weight so um, Yeah I always knew That I had to get To about 57 and a half Or 58 Before the Before the war cut.
0: Yeah And that's oh. madness And how So on weigh in How are you feeling Like Terrible <laughs> You've not ate You've sweat You've just been Dehydrating yourself Terrible like You must feel awful And how how far is there Between The weigh in And the actual fight 24 hours 24 hours So you then need to Try and get back Into peak condition In, in 24 yeah, right. hours and what's the protocol there? Straight after the weigh-in, right,
1: weight, again. then what is it? <laughs> Fucking stupidity again. Let's go get an Andos. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, we used to, even you look back at it now, and I've helped some boys cut weight, and they were like, that's so easy. And I'm like, it's that old saying, like, if I knew what I knew now, yeah, yeah, exactly. kind of scenario, but genuinely I'm like, this is chaos. So, you'd start with some fluids, some electrolytes, some fruit maybe Something small Yeah And then start to build it up But Like Because you've been so over restrictive For yeah. so long
0: You probably Your appetite You probably can't eat as much Your stomach's shrunk
1: Aye So you Like there's There's great guys now In the sport That are helping A lot of fighters Make weight Really really Like um, Like effectively yeah. And it, it's great But At the time Like And the thing is as well We're dirt poor yeah. Like I, I didn't have the money To pay for a coach Or a nutritionist Yeah
0: You know what I mean? Yeah. To be fair, mate, to be able to just just fucking about. I know it's obviously not the most efficient or healthiest way to do it, but it just shows your sort of mindset in the sense that, like, you got it done. Like, you didn't have the knowledge, but you were like, right, I'm going to get this done. Again, going back, you would do it differently, but the fact you did, you were like, right, and and from your frame mate You've not got a lot of weight to lose Right So no. see if somebody says to me You need to drop 11 kilos Yeah I was massive
1: kilos. for the weight Yeah yeah. So like, it's like Get into that weight I was massive Like I was so tall Yeah And I, it was just like Anytime somebody hit me I'm like That didn't even hurt Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean Like they, like I don't There was There's one fight And it was my last fight When I jumped up and weighed a wee bit um, Where somebody hit me And I actually was like That was That was sore Yeah Everybody else that I fought I'm like Hit me all day long Yeah Like it it doesn't matter Yeah And I think that's how I was able Because I was such an aggressive fighter as well Mm -hmm. Like I just didn't take a step back I would just be in your face All the fucking time Yeah Like it made it so hard to deal with At that weight Because I would just be on top of you And I would just drown you And anything you would try and hit me with It just wasn't going to hurt me
0: Yeah Yeah And then in terms of You'd mentioned that you had your last fight, so you got UK number one, you went up a weight to take on the UK number one, obviously, yeah. no, I take it that fight didn't go to plan due to six. Yeah,
1: so, we were, it was It's funny, like the boy, Tam, that I was fighting is like, a really, really good friend, and that's the thing, is you end up fighting your mates, you know yeah. what I mean, you end up fighting people that you're quite pally with, but at the end of the day, when, Somebody hits you, like you're like, alright, oh, okay, yeah. cool. How's it
0: how's how's that in terms of is that a strange feeling? Like you're somebody you would maybe speak to, you chat away with, and you're like, right, I'm gonna absolutely box your head in. Like it's,
1: it's weird, how do weird. Can
0: I change it? Like I find I think I would personally find that hard. Like one of my mates comes in and we say that like, we're just gonna absolutely try and leather each other. It's I
1: would find that like, wow, that's a bit weird. It's weird. It's like I, it's one of these settings where unless you've been in it, you'll never understand it. Yeah. Right? And it's quite it's almost it sometimes feels rude to say that you know what I mean like and it's the same with that that feeling right of like like being there under the lights like a crowd of people it's you'll never understand it unless you've done it it is the most how would you put it it's the most real thing you'll ever do, yeah like. You come out of it and you're like uh, We call it like a, a kind of post-event depression Yeah See on a Monday Because you've got guys that on a Saturday night Are fighting for world titles Yeah On a Monday morning they're putting their nail bag on Yeah, yeah To yeah. go to work right Yeah But it's like the most real thing that you'll ever do But at the end of the day it's like Well I want to fucking win Yeah yeah. Like, and I don't care whether you you could be my gran that's standing yeah. there. <laughs> I, it's like my, my goal was, is much bigger than who you are standing in front of me. So I don't give a fuck. Yeah. And then how did that fight end up? So I got caught. He, he, this is this was the fight that like, Damn hit me with his left hook. And it was like set, first or second round. And it hit me. And I was just like, ow the fuck was that, that was so sore, it's like, if you've ever been smacked by an old mitre ball, yeah, right, like, right yeah, in the dick, freezing, freezing cold oh, <laughs> and you're just like, ah, oh, what was that, It hit me with this hook, and it didn't even rock me, like, normally you'd be like, oh, I can see some stars here, it just hit me, and I was like, ow, what yeah. the fuck was that, and then around, like, towards the end of the, the second round, he caught me with a body shot, and my just soul just disappeared Yeah, And that's what I seen to Lewis last week It's one of the things that If you get caught with it yeah. You're not getting up mm-hmm. There was a, a video of Oscar De La Hoya I can't remember who he was fighting It was like Juan Manuel Marquez or something mm-hmm. And you see him, he's on the floor And he's smashing fucking fist off the ground Because he just knows that he can't get back up yeah. Within that 10 second window
0: Yeah, And then there was that did you know at that point Like how did that end up Being your last fight Did you just I was just driving
1: home And I was like What am I doing
0: Yeah You've yeah. done that You kind of achieved One of the goals you wanted to achieve And then did you feel like You kind of done all you wanted to do In that sport at that point I
1: just knew that I, I just knew that I needed Something different Yeah You know what I mean Like I'd, you, You'll you almost It's like See when you know that You're going to leave your job Yeah Right And you stop giving a fuck Yeah, yeah. You stop caring You yeah. know what I mean And like when people ask you to do stuff, you're about bit... kind of be honest, and then you start taking a sick day on a Friday because you're like, why not? You know what I mean, yeah. So just at that point when I was like, this is the end of the road. Yeah, I don't know why, but
0: it is. yeah, and I think something you mentioned there about like the post-event blues and people getting into a bit of a depression, and it's a real thing, and it's in, and it's in. Oh, like I've experienced it as well in terms of like some of my marathon events and stuff. Yeah. Like that. I remember training so hard, that like you're building up something for three, four, five months, you're training really, really hard, and then everything you're doing is going towards that. And then you achieve the goal and you're buzzing. And then it's just like all of a sudden both you're on your back flat. Down to flat and you're just like, now what? And it's like I think I remember it's Tyson Fury. I think he says that he he just wanted to be world champion, heavyweight world champion. That's all he worked towards. He got, and then when he got there. Like he went into a serious state of depression after yeah. it. he was like, I've I've peaked. Like what what's now? This You're is what I've worked for yeah. all my life, and now
1: what is it? It's like when you see people that that become multi millionaires, right? And it's like a rags to riches story. Yeah, and they get there, and they've got more money than they know what to do with, and they're still not happy. Yeah, and it's like, whoa, why? Because growing up, from especially if you grow up in a kind of like working class background, like majority of the arguments that are in the house are about money. Yeah, you know what I mean, and it's it's the same idea, uh, and it's it's this kind of Dunning Kruger effect of, for so long you're climbing that mountain, you're climbing the mountain, you get to the top of the mountain, but there's a valley off the back of that that you're going to fall into. And it's just, you, you start to become aware of it. You know what I mean? It's like, especially when you do it, because the event is not the thing that you're, it's not the thing that is the most rewarding. Yes. It's the, the 16 weeks before it. Yeah,
0: the journey, the process.
1: It's like the, the, the gra- yeah, I hide mean. that graft of like, those days where you're like, this is, sh- this is utterly shit. But you still go out, and you still tick that wee box, and it's like, you get to the the event, the marathon, whatever it is, and you do it. And it's amazing at the time, you get that that euphoria, and then after it, you're just like the next day is like so, yeah, normal. Yeah,
0: and you're just like, like you don't have that focus, that drive to be like, right, what am I, what am I doing today? Like you've got that period of time, and you're kind of like, and there is that natural kind of down slump. feeling. And what would you say in your advice then, mate? What would be your best advice to get you out of that
1: slump? I think it would be being aware of the fact that it's coming. Yeah. Respect the fact that you're going to feel just a bit flat. But you're you know, if you let every emotion that you have dictate your mood, then you're you're gonna be up and down like a fucking roller coaster. So it's like let it come, experience it. But just know that it's not gonna last forever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day your life has to go on. So if you're constantly struggling with this post-event fucking moment, well, it's like, look and reflect and think, what what did I take from that? Where were the good points? Where were the bad points? Look at it, right, well, what can I do better next time? If Even if you did PB your time, what, what can I do to improve on that? Yeah. And just be like, what do I enjoy most about it?
0: Yeah. Definitely, I think that's a, a great piece of advice and I think as well, I, I'm not saying the day after you've completed an event or whatever, oh, just I to... Had to say, get
1: to down with the notepad yeah, and fucking deconstruct and,
0: it. <laughs> and, and not to just go and sign up for another event immediately to try and build that again because then you're just chasing that, but I think if you do, you sit down and reflect accept that it's coming and then potentially in a couple of weeks time, or a wee bit time after, you then book a the next event and then you've yeah. got that next focus and just understand that you're going to have another event at some point, like this isn't this isn't the end of your career or whatever for most of the time. Yeah. And it's like, right, okay, experience this bit and then we'll set another target and then we'll get right back into that again. So yeah, definitely,
1: mate. And especially with health and fitness, I always say that like these goals that you've got, their outcomes, they're like they're checkpoints along the way. I'm like the the sole goal for your health and fitness journey should be to live a stronger, better quality of life. Yeah. See all these other things that you do. Like, whether it's an Ironman, whether it's your first 5k, whether it's simply losing that first 10 pounds of body fat, they're checkpoints. That's not the destination. Yep, 100%. That's that's excellent, mate. I love that, and
0: it's... If you are in love with the process and, the, and falling in love with making improvements, getting healthier, getting fitter, then that actually reduces that slump because yeah. you're gonna, you go, you achieve it, and you're like, yep, but I'm back to, back to doing Back into it Monday back to morning. Yeah. Do, back to what I do, and that's not the be-all and end-all of what I'm doing. Yeah. I actually love the process of this and i just get right back into it. So yeah, 100% agree on that. And then following on, my tie is over. and um, We're going to come on shortly to the Ironman that we did last year, but in between that period of time... Some I know in your gym you do some mad challenges. Yeah. or some some mad challenges you can touch on that you've you've completed over the
1: years? So I kinda gave up running altogether after fighting because I used to run all the time and it was a chore. Yep. You know what I mean? It was it was part of the job. And uh, Stephen who owns your gym. It's funny how you you realise this yourself. Like it's funny when you then leave, right? You've left your corporate job and you're like, What the fuck? And you're like I don't know anybody in this industry. You maybe know some people, right? But you're like, I don't know anything. It's so, like, see when you go into a new job and the woman's like, I go make me a cup of tea, son." And you're like, "Where the fuck's the kitchen?" In here? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, simple. Or go and get, go and put paper in that printer, and you're like, "Where the yeah. fuck's the printer?" Yeah. Like, you have got a printer, and it's it's kind of like that. And like, so Stephen, um, who who owns a gym that we coach out of. Used to always be we used to always run every Saturday morning during lockdown, right? And there would be, I mean, an army of us running through Shatterall. Like the police were always looking for us and all that. It? It's mental that the police were looking for you when you're out there improving your health yeah. and your quality of life and and ultimately your mental health as well because everybody's fucking locked behind closed doors. So we were out. We used to always run Saturday morning, and I said, like, "I'm not running. I'm I'm not running unless I need to." He's like, Come and running tomorrow." Every Friday No And then one day I was just like Fuck it aye I showed up And I was like What are we doing? And he's like "I ah, Can I tell you? <laughs> and we ran 10 miles That Saturday <laughs> First run right? you've done in ages Aye but it's like See if I was to turn round to somebody That I hadn't ran in 8 months And was like you going to run 10 miles tomorrow There would be every excuse under the sun Yeah See when you're just going to it blind Yeah And it's just like on you go. Sometimes that's
0: better. Sometimes just not yeah. knowing what's ahead. Oh, it
1: was it was terrible towards the end. Yeah. But after I was like, that was class. Cause we would stop and there was no expectation on pace. Did he care how long it took us? It could it have took this. We could have did it in an hour and twenty, or we could have done it in three hours. It does not matter. We're here. There's a group of us. We're just jamming. We're just running. We're just enjoying it. That's it. So then from there we started we we increased the kind of we were we would just go out every Saturday morning and minimum we were running was like eight miles yeah some days it was just a random half marathon on a Saturday morning so we decided to do the Goggins challenge the four yeah. before before eight yep that was wholly ridiculous during yeah. lockdown as well um and then we set the challenge of running a marathon at midnight Cause why run it during the day <laughs> <laughs> you know yeah. so. We were like, right, okay, let's let's run this marathon starting at midnight. So at our gym we've got probably the only outdoor boxing ring in the whole of the UK. So we were building this thing and it was like 30 degrees. It was like proper mind lockdown, they had like yeah. it was like, right, you can't go out, so we're gonna give you the best summer of your life. Yeah. And you were just pure fucking <laughs> raging. <Yeah. laughs> so It was like 30 degrees, and we had been working on this boxing ring all day, like holding up big H-beams, getting them welded in and stuff. And I think we maybe got like three or four hours sleep. I mean, had like a plaster pot, and then we were like, right, let's just go run a marathon. So we ran a marathon, starting at um, the Asda and Blantyre, all the way down into Campus Lang, onto the Clyde Walkway, into the Glasgow Green, all the way up to the Science Centre back down through like the Salt Market and through the Barras and then down through the Calton at like 2 o'clock in the morning <laughs> I'm like why the fuck are we here? <laughs> this place is like Syria, <laughs> like fuck, what are we doing here? So we we ended up going to all the way down London Road yep. and we got to the the garage, the, like the petrol station on London Road just where the Matalan and that is and I was like, I need fucking food and water. Like, battling on the door at like half two in the morning. The wee guys like, can I help you? And I'm like, run a fucking marathon, let me in. <laughs> so I went in inn, and I was like, like literally shotgunning, like, tubes of uh, wine gums. Just <laughs> fucking firing them down my neck. And uh, we ran all the way through Uddingston, through Bothwell, crossed the Davy Livingston Bridge and in. And that was my first marathon that I ever ran. I did it four hours 15 or something. Uh, gosh, um, middle of the night. Yeah, middle of the night. It was fucking freezing. My quads were cramped because i never ran that distance. Especially I literally ran it in about four weeks'
0: notice.
1: I'd done no prep for it. Yeah. Like, no 16 week block. It was just like, yeah, just go fucking run a marathon. So we did that. And uh, yeah, it just got like, it's just, it's a culture of. It became a kind
0: of culture of mad challenges, let's just do it, let's just get... Yeah,
1: this. that's who we are, like, we, we defy the norm. Yeah. Like, because it, it's funny, as like a cult, almost in the sense of, we'll just be like, do you think we can do that? Yeah, let's fucking try it. I Me and Stephen were we'll trying to calculate if we could row the Clyde on a row, like a Concept 2 row. Yeah. And I was like, nah mate, that'll take us about two weeks. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, it's like, mate, it is, it's just like, it sounds like you're... Bursting through limiting the beliefs, because if you just sat down normally in a normal day and logical thinking of, right, I've not done any training, I've been working a day, I've not really fueled properly, could I run a marathon at midnight tonight? The most logical thing would be like, nah, I can't really do that, no definitely not, I'll need to train for a few months, but you're just like, actually... Let's, let's go for it. Yeah. And, uh, it's What's the worst that can happen? Busting through these. Some these people blues. walked it. Yeah, exactly. And it's uh, uh yeah, I'm, uh, I love hearing about the mad challenges that you guys, you guys take on and some of the, the members and stuff, which is brilliant. Man, I just love like because
1: it, it is just normal people.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I love the. I actually just love the full sort of view around challenges. Just now, you'll see on social media and things that the. Challenges that people are taking on It's just like If you'd said to people 20 years ago That this is what people Are going to be doing Nobody would ever believe no. it And it's just shown The capabilities of the, the human body And what we can actually do And yeah. I,
1: I love just seeing These mad challenges That people are doing It's like It's mental Like see if you look at For instance Like the guy Rush Cook That's running yep. the length of Africa Yeah And it's like Why Why do people do these things And inherently for me It's 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 all I've ever known It's like I really need to be wholly uncomfortable and just do stuff that makes me feel like it's It's so important to just be in a position where you're a, a bit of a bit of struggle, yeah. like struggle's great, people are so comfortable, convenience is so easy in this day and age and it's, it's accepted yeah. to live a life that's so normal, yeah. which is bizarre to me. Yeah, and
0: I think the easy life, comfort, excuses, like it, it has because it comes a a normal, as you yeah. say, and it's just like, just getting out there and, and pushing the boat out and doing things, and like you say, if you do something that's really, really uncomfortable, really challenging, and getting through that, there's some feeling. It's just the feeling of growth that you you get. The feeling of like, what you learn about yourself during that is is huge. Yeah. Like and we're not saying it's easy. There's dark moments,
1: just Is it fuck easy? <laughs> but that, like it's, like, I remember on the Ironman, and I was uh, into my last lap on the bike. I was maybe what ninety mile in, and I bumped into this guy. I was just looking for people that had like GB signs on their back and just talking to them. Yep. just wanted somebody to fucking speak to. And I, I bumped into this guy. That, what was his name? Can't remember what coming. It's for London. The first thing he said to me is like, "This is a fucking privilege." Yeah. And I was like, "Do you know what it is? You know what I mean? Yeah." It's like it's a privilege to be able to do this shit. It's it's mad. That's that's a mad thing
0: to say that somebody who's ninety miles deep into an Ironman cycle, probably going through so much pain, cycling up. into
1: a fucking horrendous headwind yeah. as well.
0: And at that point, he's saying this is a privilege, whereas you get some people that. Going to the office and got a bit soaked in the rain. Who are complaining and moaning about how hard it is to get to work because it's pouring wet rain and miserable? And you're like, "Well, that guy here who's ninety miles into a cycle, being grateful and privileged for the it it's mental."
1: Like some of the some of the conversations that I had on that day with some people were like, "Whoa," I was speaking to a guy and he's like, "Yeah, I'm doing my eighth Ironman, or sorry, I my eighth Ironman is seven weeks." <laughs> Mad. Absolutely mad And like for instance Like the guy Sean Conway That's done 101 Ironmans In 101 days
0: Yeah that, that's The like, whole that's thought Through
1: my thing Was like If he can do 101 of these I can do fucking One in one day Yeah 100% See
0: That's a, that's a kind of tactic That I've been utilising A lot lately And it's like Anytime I'm going through Something pretty challenging Whether it's a workout A run Whatever I actually just go like anytime my mind's my mind's going, I ah, just stop. You've done it. That's enough. I go by the way. Like those guys out there doing a hundred times what I'm doing. Yeah, so I can
1: definitely do this. And it just like just think like that,
0: and the, it just gives you that mindset and that kind
1: of push. And, and it, it teaches like, you so much about yourself. Yeah. There's some mental stuff that I did on that that event. They just got me through it, yeah. On the run, I just kept counting to 100, yeah. yeah. People are like, What are you doing? And I'd be like, One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, <laughs> nine. I just kept going, and they'd be like, What, what are you doing? And I'd be like, i just counting to 100. something like, Why?
0: that can maybe take your mind away from the pain yeah. slightly, and it's ah. just something else to concentrate on. And Let's go into the Man then. So, before we come into the event itself, what made you decide to take on Iron Man and then? Let's chat a wee bit about the prep. How was that? And because I know there was some challenging times. you yeah. like, I remember just speaking to you. Just felt you looked and like, terrible. Spoke like, <laughs> spoke like you were on death's door. So well, let's chat through the prep. How you
1: kind of managed to balance
0: life through that, and then also why you
1: decided to go for that. So we uh, we do a triathlon every year um, uh, with our gym. We do it in Lock Lomond um, and round about that that area. So we did a mile and a half in the water. Uh, sixty miles on the bike and it's a fucking tough sixty. There's three miles when you come out of Drummond that's just straight uphill, and then we do like a Monroe after it as well. Yeah. So that that's it. It's almost like an extreme triathlon. So Stephen, who owns a gym, he's he's already done an Ironman. He did Bolton a way back 2017, mm-hmm. and uh, he's like, I'm going to do Barcelona next year, and I was like, Right, well, I'm doing Barcelona. And his brothers like, right, well, I'm doing Barcelona, and then there was like eight of us that signed up, and uh, it was just mental. What an experience! Like yeah. that 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 day was the best day of my life. a hundred percent. So training for it was was mental. So I signed up with working with Lewis, mm-hmm. um, not because I knew he knew how to get me through an Ironman. Yeah. Because I knew that regardless what... If I came to him and I was like, I want to become a chess world champion, I know we'd figure out a way to become chess world champion. Yeah. I mean, it's like you you work with sometimes people because they've got certainty that regardless of what it is, they'll figure out a way for you to be able to do the thing you want to do. So he was working with um, Joe Parrish at the time. Mm -hmm. And Joe Parrish obviously is Dan Reeves Mm -hmm. who works for him. um, And Dan Reeves is... One of the only people that I know that's done a deck at Ironman So it's Ironman times a distance of 10 Yeah. So that's a 24 mile swim <laughs> 1,112 miles on the bike And a 262 mile run
0: That's insane Absolutely madness And he did
1: that before this shit was cool yeah. So he jumped on a call with Dan Mapped out my whole Ironman prep And yeah, it was just Just a series of being completely exhausted Enjoying it Hating it, fucking questioning whether you were going to be able to do it. I mean, the event was October 1st, and the start of July, I learned how to swim front crawl. So, you had no real much, no real good swim experience. front crawl. Yeah, I could do like maybe a, a 25 meter length in the pool front crawl, but I'd literally be blown at Mars. So, I'm like, right, well, I've got 2.4 miles to swim here. Yeah, there's work, to, there's work to be done. There's work to be done. Yeah. Learn to front crawl. Um and and yeah it was just
0: how many how many hours a week training would you say had to get put in for an Ironman pick because I know uh, Ironman is becoming a lot more popular as well as people take on more yeah, challenges yeah. but I'd probably say
1: like if you're going to commit to something like that it's a big commitment isn't it oh a huge commitment so minimum 10 hours yeah. maximum like 16 to 18 hours a week yeah
0: so that's like half of
1: People's working week essentially, if people are working Aye.
0: 37 and a half hour a week, you're talking, or 40 hour a week, you're talking nearly half of that yeah, yeah. is just training. which Sometimes is in a, in y-
1: your weekends are just gone, Yeah. so uh, Sunday or a Saturday, you just know that you've got like four hours on the bike, a two hour run to do, there's like six hours of your day just gone. And it's not even that what I find as well, if you're doing an endurance event and
0: training long runs at the weekend or long runs at some point, it's not just the actual training, it's Stretching before it, it's fueling before it, it's coming back. Stretching, getting a shower, getting some food. Then try to the do what you know. Like the day, the day, is done. So it's a, it's a lot. And how did you? What's kind of any piece of advice that you found balancing that whilst trying to run the business as well and, and juggling all that?
1: You really, really need to prioritize what matters because mm-hmm. if you don't, it becomes a, an absolute shambles. You need to surrender to the fact that this is going to eat up your life for a for a period of time, mm. but the reward off the back of that yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah. That that day, that that whole week that we went to like Calella, Barcelona is genuinely one of the best weeks of my life. Yeah. But that day, like just that that experience, it's insane.
0: Yeah, amazing. mate. Mean, I, I actually spoke. I'd, um, Alex called on the podcast last week yeah. we went to a bodybuilding show and he was saying the exact same thing he's like for the 12 week prep for that it was like that consumed my life and it had to because if I wanted to get to where I wanted to be that's what I had to do and going back he would have kind of looked at things a bit differently to be like right I can't actually go out and do this I can't do that I would communicate with people to say like you won't yeah. see much of me here because this is what I'm doing. And, and, and Iron Man's going to be similar to that in the sense that you've got a lot of time to dedicate to it. You need to then be saying, right, I'm not going to be able to do this. Yeah. That. I'm not going to be able to do this. And yeah, it's a, a great point. And in terms of the event itself, how did you feel going into that? How any challenging points and what you enjoy most about it? What was the event like itself?
1: It's It's insane. You can see what you pay for. Yeah. And it's, you can see why so many people sign up and do it. So the week of though, I have a, like a, a an injury list that's fucking longer than your arm. So I don't have ligaments in my AC joint like that basically connects your collarbone to your shoulder. Um, on my left side, I've got a bit of a wing scapula. My back looks a bit mental. And every now and then I get some pain up the, the middle of my scap that runs up into my neck. I just need to go and get it fucking deep tissueed and rubbed out. So on the Tuesday, I was like, "Oh no, this is this is not good." So I, I booked him with our physio, Daniel, got it rubbed out, and it was just not relieving. I and mean, we were flying out on Thursday, flew out the Thursday. I'm like, you know "That way where you're like trying to move your neck," yeah. and I'm like, right up until the the day of the event, I was like painkillers constantly pressing on my neck, trying. To it mobilize it and get it better and I was just I was like I, it, my whole focus was get through the swim yeah that was it so when we were out there the water we tr- we tried the water the, the two days before and it was so calm and nice and then on race day it was chaos man was it? oh it was like big swells and you were crashing off the waves and it was just it was not nice to swim in and uh, we we had projected like an hour and a half swim I was confident with it. Like I had went out and did two miles like two weeks before in open water and did it in like an hour and eleven minutes. Mm-hmm. So I was like, easy. Four hundred meters In 20 th- twenty, thirty minutes, not a problem. And uh, it was chaos. We get out of the water like two hours seven. Aye. You get two hours ten minutes.
0: And that that's the cut off point? Yeah. Aye. So you just made it
1: then? Aye. And yeah. it was like, what the fuck? that was that was insane and if you've ever done a triathlon see when you get out of open water after swimming for an extended period of time your world's upside down you're like all over the place man you can, you can hardly walk so it's like you've got 10 minutes to transition between stations so in, straight away wetsuit off I've got my suit on underneath it helmet on, grab the stuff that I need for my bike put my socks on Forgetting the fact that I've got sand in my feet. Oh. Put my shoes on, straight to the bike. And then it's onto the bike. Straight onto the bike, and the way that it works in Barcelona As you come out, you go up this kind of, you go maybe like two miles, and then you get to this roundabout. And this roundabout starts the three laps that you're going to do. So on the way out, we were flying. I'm like, this is, I'm going to do this cycle in like four and a half hours. I am fucking nailing this. I'm doing the maths in my head. So to be able to do the Ironman cycle, you need to hold an average pace of 15 miles an hour on the bike. On the way back in, it's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> we were met by a horrendous headwind. So by this point, I'm eating, I'm refueling, and I'm also pushing myself on the bike. <laughs> yeah. This is what people don't realise. <laughs> yeah. It's like, just need to go. Yeah. I'm not getting off this bike to go for a pass. So just wait for a downhill section and just, <laughs> just pass yourself. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you like these are things that you're like. I don't care. Yeah,
0: I think that you I don't to care, care that, like that people. Don't
1: I don't care if somebody smells me and go, you smell horrendous. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah. Like the sole goal is doing this Ironman in the sixteen hours that I've got to do it. Yeah. So you're you're three you're, you've got three laps of this this course, but you need to be on the second lap for nine hours or is it no seven hours total elapsed? Because mm-hmm. if you don't, they cut you off.
0: Yeah. You
1: know what I mean. So if you're seven hours one minute. Sorry you can't complete Yeah And all that prep All that time The money that you put into this It's gone You know yes. what I mean So we got on to the third lap And I was like I know I've got time here So Took a wee bit longer On the way back in On my, my last thing Because I was just like Just chill man Like prepare yourself for the run In Bike in Shoes off Didn't wipe the sand off my feet Because uh, I forgot uh, about it at this point Um and then it was running trainers on. It's time to start the marathon. You know what I mean? You're like nine hours in now.
0: Uh, it's a, a, an Ironman is honestly madness, isn't it? When you think about it that, that swim and then that length
1: of cycle and then to just go right, shoes on, that's a marathon now. It's crazy. So 26.2 miles ahead is you come out the wee transition area and you run down a couple of miles into. So the way it works in Barcelona is you run into the finish line. So okay. there's two lanes, one goes to the finish line, one as a look background so you run through the crowd back out and then you start it took me 18 miles to work out that we were doing 8 mile loops okay right <laughs> <laughs> so you run 4 miles up and you're just running a straight line just fucking just straight you get to this wee hotel in the middle of nowhere we're a train station next to it and you turn back round and you just run four miles back. Oh, that's a previous
0: marathon that one, man. It's
1: brutal. So the marathon was actually the best part though. Yeah. But the first two miles, my quads just ceased. Yeah. And I was like, oh fuck. Because you go from death diff- it's different sitting in the bike. Like your quads are contracting. Yeah. But then when you go to start running, you've got that impact, impact on top of it. And your quads just start seizing, they almost it's like they shrivel up and yeah, it's like, the
0: sand oh, the feet as well. Oh I, that wasn't even a thought. I, <laughs> I didn't even
1: know that was a thing anymore. So it's like, fuck me, this is this is sore And I was like I'm thinking what what time frame do I need to do this in? If I need to walk this marathon, what how what pace did do I yeah, need to move well it? I still make it? Yeah, so i was maybe running between 9.30 to 10 to 11 minute miles. Mm-hmm. So we did the marathon like five hours. But some of the conversations that you have with people, like I met this woman from Bolton, and uh, she was like, we were just chatting back and forth. she would run in front of me, then she would stop. And this was like the last four miles. And then she would, I, like, I would catch up with her. And then I would stop And then You know what I mean We were yeah, just <laughs> <laughs> So we just decided Why don't we just run together So I was talking away to her And like We were just talking about Our Iron Man experience And stuff like that And You just realise that You're just surrounded By normal people Yeah You know what I mean Nobody's There is obviously pros That go and do these events But 90% of it is is just general people Yeah it shows a,
0: you what's, what's possible What you can do Our stories it, like are it. incredible man
1: yeah. oh. And uh she said one thing to me, she's like, make sure you ring the bell, so when you run into the Ironman finish line, you wonder under a bridge, that people can stand on, but there's a bell that you're meant to ring, to say, this is my first Ironman, fucking forgot about <laughs> that, <laughs> ran right by it, into the finish line, and it was just like, what the fuck, just done an Ironman,
0: yeah. you know what I mean? It's a, it's a some achievement mate, as I said, it's something that not many people can say, but you put it there, it's like, there might be people who are sitting there thinking again, limiting beliefs, like, Oh, that's an iron man, that's something that only athletes and pro athletes can do. Like I'd never be able to do that. But as you said there, like ninety percent of the people are normal people that have just put their eighties it. challenge.
1: Yeah. those guys, there's guys in their eighties that do these things.
0: Yeah, and it's just like it's there if you want it. It's like why not set a big, massive challenge and go for that, and and y- you can get there. So no, that's that's excellent to hear. It's something that's it's on my it's on my radar, mate. It's, it's something Do that, that as we as we spoke about in terms Do of it. commitment and things, it's just it, it's going to get done at some point. See
1: the whole event, right? So see the way it works is they tend to be on a Sunday, so it's the build up to. It. You've got the athlete village. You go into the tent, you register, you go through, you get your bag, you get your swim cap, you get all your like your uh, your stickers for your bags and stuff, and for your helmet and that. You get your re like your you tag for that you put around your ankle, <laughs> which is your time there tracker. They give you that the day before. You go put your bike in, blah blah blah. You get in your prep, and then you're walking to the event that morning. And I was walking, we we're walking down the beach. It's like seven a.m. The sun's just coming up over the Mediterranean. And I was just like it like gives me fucking like just bumps thinking about it now. Uh, and it's like I just remember doing it and I'm like, just take everything in. Yeah. Just every single moment of it. Just respect it and just enjoy it. And they run through this Iron Man speech at the start of it and See genuinely that. See if somebody was to wake me up with that speech, everyone, I'd run through brick walls. Uh, Yeah, it's a a good motivator. It it makes you feel so alive. Yeah, and you're just standing with other people, standing with fucking some of my best mates, people that I've spent the last twelve months with, going through this prep and this this moment. And I'm just like, boys, this is the day we become Ironman. Yeah, this is the day where you become an Ironman and you do it, and you can walk out at the end of it and go. Everything was worth it Yeah And this is what people Don't realise Is I'm like, like Every time that you say That you can't do something I'm like You deny yourself That experience You're missing out On something that you Could potentially do
0: Yeah Just because In your head You've told yourself That you don't and think they're You can all do all
1: fucking beliefs That you have created Yeah You have cre- Take fucking ownership Of the fact that This belief This limiting belief This thing that you say To yourself I can't do that And I always go Why? Yeah. Why can't you do it? It's like you've created that mindset. Yeah. You have the ability to create the mindset that is the polar opposite of that. 100 And people like my, like even like my family, are like you're fucking mental. And I'm like, am I though? Yeah. Like for me, the yous are crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like yous living the life that yous live is fucking benign to me. I can't even think of waking up every morning and being like, yeah, I just want to sit and watch the telly day. Yeah that fuck that.
0: yeah no exactly mate it's like yeah so many people are, have denied themselves a lot of opportunity just in their own head and it's just like guys like yourself me guys in the industry try to just get people out of that mindset and be like come on let's let's strive for more here do not limit yourself because of what you think in your head and in terms of you next challenges mate what's what's next up what what have we got lined up this year
1: so we're 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 doing kind of something totally different for me. We're doing a photo shoot in April. Uh, I know you've done some before yep. in the prep for that, so um, it's something that I'm I'm actually looking forward to doing is is a, a photo shoot in April um, because to a degree I've not really cared about my aesthetic. Yeah. Um, I've always been like performance driven, mm-hmm. but yep. um, we've got some other goals. Like we are maybe looking at high rocks later in the year, cool. and then. Sub three hour marathon was a big one
0: Class man Superb Yeah mate So it. Yeah it's a, I know when I speak to you mate There's always going to be some form of challenge ahead mate Which is which is good
1: Yeah I, And it's, it's it's more now It's like I remember listening to a podcast And the guy had done the Marathon de Sabs. And for people that don't know The Marathon de Sabs is one of the hardest Well they coin it the hardest foot race on planet earth Right And it's like a six day desert marathon and some days you're running 90 kilometres. You know, it's it's insane. People die from it. Like, I think this year, um, the average heat on the, the desert floor was 54 degrees yep. Celsius, <laughs> which is insane. <laughs> yeah. So, I remember him saying he's like, he did the marathon to Sabs and he's like, there's nothing that I can't do. Yeah. And it's like, when you start to then uncover these things and people just think fitness is like, I just want to get a wee bit fitter and healthier and stuff like that. And I'm like, you don't realise the impact that it can have on your whole life.
0: 100%, man. That's so true. And it's just like, there's so many transferable skills from challenges you put yourself through, habits that you gain by focusing on your health and fitness that can just be transferred across the board. And what you then see is you take on a challenge in your health and fitness, you achieve it, you went out of your comfort zone, you're then in your work and you're like, there's a job opportunity that's came up. Actually, do you know what, I'll go for that and I'll put myself out of the comfort zone and then I'm progressing there and it just escalates across all areas of life and that can start from you taking... Ownership.
1: And it doesn't need to be an Ironman. Yeah, exactly. I, I say to people, I'm like, what is your Ironman? Yeah. What's your thing that's so scary that you don't want to see it? Yeah. I'm like, just do it. Yeah.
0: It's going to be different for every person as you say, mate. And yeah, the more people that can be getting out of their comfort zone and taking on challenges, the, the better. And just to, to finish off, mate, where can where can people find Calma Cal McGown, mate. Where's
1: so Facebook, on right? Facebook, Instagram, all your usual social channels, Cal McGown Coaching. Um we also have our own podcast, Whatever This Is, which is on Spotify and all the the relative podcast channels. And yeah, that's that's me.
0: Right, mate. No, it's been a, a great chat. Fully enjoyed it and I'm sure listeners will take a lot of value from like the challenges and the lessons yeah. and the advice we've given out, mate. So thanks very much for our problem. Mate, pleasure.
1: Pleasure as always. Cheers, mate. Nice one.